In a culture that chases power and pleasure, a culture that embraces relativism, just how are students supposed to stay Catholic during college? Welcome to the Catholic Podcast. I'm your host for today's show, Chloe Langer. I am joined today by Father Gail Hammerschmidt out in the Salina Diocese. Welcome to the show, Father Gail. Thanks for coming on. Yes, thank you, Chloe. It is a pleasure to be a part of the Catholic Podcast. <laughs> I love the title. I love the title. You're like, you know, there's a lot of Catholic podcasts out there, but none of them are called the, the Catholic the Podcast, Catholic po- well, except for us. <laughs> you know, and no one takes the name. You just got to jump on it. Like, how had no one thought of that before? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Everybody else is kicking themselves like, man, we thought we were so clever. Why don't we just go with the Catholic podcast? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's memorable. People remember it. (laughs) That's right. Very much so. Father Gail, you are out at the Student Center, St. Isidore's on K-State's campus. Um, You're joining us today to chat about how to stay Catholic in college. And that's like a, it's a tough subject. It's something that's probably on a lot of hearts and minds of some of our listeners, whether they, they graduated from high school, tis the season for high school graduations or they're getting ready to go into college. So yeah, thanks for coming on and chatting about something. Um, I met you during college, so I think this is just really beautiful to be able to sit down and chat with you. Well, you were were in college. I, however, was uh, not so much in college anymore. I I, kind (laughs) of acted like I maybe still was, but (laughs) but, uh, yes, I was much older than than you. So Right, so here's the thing, Chloe, and I'm I'm hoping that you still like giving me all the credit in the world for uh, you meeting Joseph and your husband. Yes, yes. So because... Because of our encounter that led to another encounter that mm-hmm. led to you working uh, at Prayer in Action during yeah. the summer for the, the Diocese of Salina, mm-hmm. uh, that's where you met Joseph. And so I guess it's all because of me. So you're welcome, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're the best matchmaker I've ever met, Father Gail. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Put wow. it on your resume. Yes. Put it on your resume. That's the problem, though. The problem with that is, is then all the other like young women here at Kansas State, they're like, well, hey, you know, <laughs> you found a husband for Chloe. Well, what about me? Or the young men as well. You're like, hey, you found a wife for Joseph. What yeah, about me? I'm yeah. like, I'm sorry. Hey, <laughs> that was a one-time deal. One-time deal. One trick pony. <laughs> I love right. it. No, Amen. no, I totally, I remember sitting down with you before we started the Prayer in Action Summer and you saying like, hey, you know, you're, you may find a guy this summer. Like, we may find you a guy in the Salon Diocese. It's like, oh, whatever, Father Gail. Like, that's not what I'm here for. But lo and behold, you know, <laughs> a yeah, couple very, weeks later. first week, like college week. I know. And there he was. Yeah, yeah. He just showed up. So, I ran into him. I passed him in the parking lot. And he doesn't remember this. He doesn't remember when we met, which that's okay. But yeah, I passed him in the parking lot like the first night of prayer action. So talk about Providence. Jesus had a plan. How about that? How about that? <laughs> I, I love, love it. it. I love it so much. You're doing great things. You're doing great things currently. You, Joseph, uh, I love I love the podcast, so, so keep up the good work. Thank you. Back at you. Back at you. It's been beautiful. I was actually up at um, K-State on the, on the campus and in Manhattan this weekend. We Joseph and I took a miniature road trip up there to see some friends from college and, and snag brunch nice. with them after the 930 Mass. But we had Father Ryan. We missed you. And I thought about reaching out and seeing, but it was your birthday. And you probably had a ton of plans that weekend. So <laughs> It was my birthday. I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was uh, eating breakfast with some friends at Perkins restaurant. It, nice. was, uh, it was glorious. The, the waitresses even sang 
happy birthday Aww. to me and gave me a piece of a chocolate silk pie or what, are, what, are, what kind of something silk pie. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Fr- yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. good. That's the best part about birthdays at restaurants is all the, yeah, the free desserts, free desserts <laughs> yeah, and a choir. Thing, when I come up and sing, I hate yes. that. <laughs> uh, you gotta, gotta put some sacrifice in to get the cake at the end. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Very all right, good. let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah. All, all this banter, nobody, nobody really cares. Just, <laughs> if if want, you're listening, you can skip point. past the four-minute mark. You know, there Dig are it. some podcasts that I listen to, and I'm like, no, I like the banter. Once you guys get to the point of it, then I turn it off. So <laughs> you never know. You never know what people might like. Exactly. D- exactly. Different people like different things. But yeah, let's get into the meat <laughs> of it. Let's dig in. Um, let's start first. So we're talking about how students can stay Catholic in college. But before we dig into the how of how Catholics can stay Catholic in college, let's dig into what they're facing. So from your perspective, you're a college chaplain. What are the biggest challenges facing Catholic college students today? Like, what are they up against when they go on, on when they encounter their, their faith on campus? I mean, it's on the college campus, but it's really throughout the Western world. Mm-hmm. What what the, the things that the challenges are. And, and I think the, the biggest thing is that we live in a world that is trying to sell us false truths. You know, they're trying to sell us uh, things as true that, that simply aren't. And, and they're the lies of the world. They've always been the lies of the world that, you know, they're the biggest things that you should be pursuing are, are power or pleasure or possession. Those three, I, I think, kind of encompass all that that the world is trying to say, hey, these are the things to truly pursue. And, and they, they won't satisfy. I mean, that's from the time of, you know, whatever, Adam and Eve, we realized that this is, is not going to be satisfactory. Uh, saying yes, and you know, you created me for yourself. My heart is restless until it rests in you. I mean, he's the perfect, you know, saint to show us that this will not satisfy you power, pleasure, possession. And yet, 18, 19, and 20 year olds come onto a college campus, and, and many times the lies are even sold to them, you know, by the people surrounding them in their, in their dorms, fraternities, sororities, but also in the classrooms at times. Um, and so those are the challenges. You know, how do they manage a world in which it seems right? I mean, we all know that, too. It seems right to pursue those things. Yet, in the end, it doesn't provide us with the happiness that we that we desire. And, too, like being up against the, the beast of relativism where you go on an encounter, and this is encountered throughout the world. And like you said, it's more of a, a societal issue than just a college campus issue. But we're consistently told, like, your truth is your truth, and my truth is my truth. And it's hard to, to dig in deeper to a faith that claims to be the truth when you're told by everyone around you, or what seems like everyone yeah. around you, that, you know, there is no such and, thing and as it's, truth. And it's funny because I think you have to do some real mind trick to allow yourself to truly be relativistic, uh, to truly believe in relativism. Because... Because I think that truth speaks to the heart. Mm-hmm. And, and so I have the opportunity to hear dozens, if not hundreds, of confessions every week of college students. And and so they they have with this sorrow in their voice, they're telling me about how they pursued these three power possessions of pleasure. Right. And, 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 you know, relativism, I think, is created out of my desire to justify <laughs> yeah. that I'm okay doing what I do, pursuing these three. And yet, they understand that at the heart of it, I always talk about the that very first moment of consciousness when you wake up in the morning and you think back upon the previous day or the previous night, whether you've been out, you know, getting drunk or, or having sex or whatever the sin might be, and, and you wake up and that first wave of consciousness flows over you. 
and the shame and the guilt and the recognition that I'm not happy is is coexisting with that, coinciding with that with that wave of consciousness. Now, most people, especially in a relativistic world, then they start using the whole mind tricks of like, yeah, but it's right because of this, or well, no, 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 I was happy and I am happy doing these things. But I think truth speaks to the heart that says. This is not in line with what God desires for you. This is not the most beautiful thing that you could be doing. And and there's there's a real tinge of sadness. And that's what I hear, you know, in the confessional. Without a doubt, is what I hear over and over and over again. And these are the heroic ones who are coming to confession. Others are just living with that shame, that guilt, and, and that sadness. And so I think the, the the biggest thing is just brutal honesty, being brutally honest with yourself. And you're going to recognize that you're not happy. And, and God desires to provide happy happiness. Christ desires to give you something so much more than what you're pursuing when you're pursuing these things, especially on a college campus. One way, I think, too, that I, my college experience wasn't too far in the past, but thinking about how there were moments of consciousness, but there were also moments of realizing that, like, I can't do this alone, like, I, where it was like, oh, I, I'm not, I'm not living life to my fullest. I'm not becoming, you know, Matthew Kelly, you know, the best version of myself. But it was hard because... Say, say you, it in a, can you say it in an Australian accent? Uh, the best version of yourself. Um, <laughs> Lives change when our habits change. Books so will change your it. life. <laughs> Lives change when our habits change. I wish I had an Australian accent, man. I would talk like Matthew Kelly all the I time. I wish I had or an accent at all, either, man. Either. Amazing. That's all fantastic. Right, on, sorry. <laughs> no worries. It was a good side tab. But yeah, like, we can't do it on our, by ourselves. And, and so many college experiences look different. Like I was a commuting student and I went to a, to a campus in my own. I lived in, in my own town. I lived under my parents' roof. Some kids will, will go hours and hours away for a college campus. But the reality is for all of us is we can't do it by ourselves. So for students, how do they get plugged into a community, especially a Catholic community? I mean, especially this speaks to your vocation or where you're at right now in the season of your life on a campus center. And two, when they encounter other students on that campus, how do they dig past, you know, conversations about their majors, conversations about the weather, and dig into those intentional, accountable friendships that are that are encouraging them to be better? Uh, the, the biggest piece of advice I would have there, and, and this is something, so uh, we, you know, we mentioned prayer in action a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. and uh, for anybody who's not familiar with that, it's a, it's a summer mission program where we really work with high school students and, and try and get them to encounter the Lord in the poor, and, and we do it, you know, within our own dioceses. It's something that I've been working with now for 13 years. And and I remember even from the start with Prayer in Action and even in, in my own life, that one of the keys is you just simply have to step outside of your comfort zone. Right. <laughs> if, you're, if you're only worried about being comfortable, you're just going to go with the flow. You're going you're gonna to be like that stick flowing down a stream that, that never has any control of your own life. You're just going where society takes you. Mm-hmm. And so to encounter other people at a, a Catholic, you know, uh, student center, at a Newman Center, even on a, at a Catholic college, you've got to step outside of your comfort zone, and you just have to do it. You have to show up at that place. You have to be courageous enough to drive your car to the place or to walk to the Catholic Student Center, and, and you just have to walk in, and you have to make friends. You know, I, sometimes I hear this stuff. They tell me, they're like, well, I don't go to St. Isidore's because St. Isidore's is a very welcoming place, and I just want to shout and say that is so much baloney because we have <laughs> students here who are working so hard to be welcoming and and sometimes it's like well and it, and if, if truly your student center is not a welcoming place then you go there and you make it a welcoming exactly. place it, yeah, it has, transform it. it's not about others these things are not about others most of the times they're about ourselves mm-hmm. and whether or not we're courageous enough to just show up and so you have to step outside of your comfort zone you have to be heroic and, and, and courageous 
you have to, mm-hmm. uh, or it's just not going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it could. I mean, you could fall into it, but for the most part, it has to be an act of the will to simply do it. And so that's the first thing. Just go introduce yourself to people. Say, you know, I want to get involved here. What can I do? And, and if it's still like just the worst place ever, then then you change that. You be yeah. the person that makes it a welcoming place. College students really need to hear that. And and it's a time when, when you're supposed to be growing up. You're supposed to be going from being a child to being an adult. Instead of being led everywhere, you now are taking control of your own life. And so you uh, people need to really be stepping outside of their comfort zone. Now, the second part of that question how do you move on from just talking about your major or the weather into the deeper thing? Again, you have to just do it. You know, I, there's nothing wrong with starting conversation about the weather or right. about your major or about what high school you went to. Oh, well, do you know this person or do you know that person? I mean, that's that's common human behavior. And so I have no problem with that. I think it's a little bit weird if you step up. Hi, my name is Father Gale. What is the existential crisis that you're dealing with right now? <laughs> I think that's going to be kind of odd, right? Right. <laughs> so, it's important to develop a sense of trust with people. One of the things that I think is, is really brilliant that goes on a lot on college campuses these days is the idea of like Bible studies. And, uh, you know, so smaller groups, 10 to 12 people, eight people, six people, whatever it might be. And while, you know, yeah, you're, you're there to, to go deeper into the Bible and, and figure out exactly how the Catholic Church is revealed through the Holy Scripture, you're also there to just talk with each other you know, and form a smaller group where you can be vulnerable, where you can form intentional uh, friendships, you know, right. and, and and all of that, I think, is in, incredibly important as well. And so eventually it happens over time. You have to, again, be courageous. You have to step outside of your comfort zone. You have to be willing to be vulnerable to say, you know what, I'm struggling with something. Can we talk about it? Or, you know, I'm, I'm overjoyed because of something that happened to me. Can we talk about it? And I think a, a Catholic student center or a Catholic college is the perfect place for that to happen okay we mentioned this before in this question you brought this up so beautifully like this is a time for college students that they're not being led a lot of students who are encountering college for their college experience especially their freshman year this is this may be the first time that they've been away from their parents this may be the first time that they that they're not in their parish community where they grew up how can how can college students not only like survive like oh i survived i was you know i went in catholic and i came out catholic but how can it how can it be a chance for them to dig into their faith so that when they graduate or when they leave that college campus, it's I've become a better Catholic. I've become, I'm more aware of my interior life. I, you know, I have established a prayer life. What are the steps to just establishing our own faith life? Kind of like owning it. Like you said, like this is a part where it becomes your own. You grow up. Yeah. So, you know, I think the statistics tell us, and I know that you guys did a great podcast early on uh, about just the, the vast number of people who do walk away yeah. from the church. And I think the statistics tell us that it's at the, the major kind of life shifts that people are most likely to walk away, whether it be moving from high school to college, from college to to getting a job, or perhaps getting married, or or having children. I mean, these these major life shifts are the moments in which people are most likely to walk away. But the the beauty of that is they're also the very same moments you're most likely to actually start to thrive to make the faith, as we like to say, to make the faith your own. And in particular, this, this time between high school and college is when you would see that. Because, you know, like we had talked about, I mean, your mom and dad tell you what to do if you have a good mom and dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the way up through your your high school years, you know, like, oh, I had a good mom and dad. They let me stop going to church when I was 13 because I didn't feel it. I'm like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I 
again, I mean, parenting, I'm not a parent, and God bless all parents, because I don't know that I could do it. I, I, I promise you, celibacy has its uh, its advantages, and I've talked to a lot of parents, and I know the difficulty of it. Mm-hmm. But this, this shift from high school to college is really the time, again, like I said, for the students to make it their own, and then to thrive and uh, to form those friendships. And, and so all of this is just so important. I mean, what a great opportunity. Are you going to be Catholic or not? Well, what does it mean to be Catholic? Well, I was yeah. baptized Catholic. No, I mean, you're actually living the faith. Mm-hmm. You're, you're participating and, and you're leading other people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you doing those things? Well, this is your chance. This is your opportunity. The other part of that question is how do they grow deeper? How do they dig deeper into their interior life? One thing above all, I, I so firmly believe this, and it's, it's silence. In, in a, a loud, noisy, noisy, busy world, there's got to be silence. Mm-hmm. If you're going to encounter the interior life, you've got to be able to just sit in silence. And, and maybe that's the most difficult thing they've ever experienced, but start. Just start with, you know, like two minutes, and, and then see what happens. Maybe you desire to go three minutes. I always I remember hearing this story about, people who were like really unhealthy and, and maybe like quite overweight and you know exercise just seemed like the, the worst thing in the world like there was just no chance they could even start exercising and then the tip was well just get a treadmill and just stand on it for five minutes you don't even have to turn on just stand on it for five minutes do that for a week and then maybe after a week you'll say well maybe i can turn it on a very slow walk yeah. for five minutes and then you know, slowly, poco a poco, as we used to say in, in the Spanish community, little by little, mm-hmm. you start to develop a real life of the interior, like a real interior life, and a life of prayer with silence. And, and I say, I think, what is it, our boy Matthew Kelly? I mean, he used to always say, what, five minutes of silence a day. It's five minutes a day. And and if, if you can do that, so here at Kansas State, we're, we're just really trying to foster that, times of adoration, times of just prayer and silence so that you can escape the, the busyness, the noise of the world, and encounter the living God that so much wants to encounter you, you know. And I, I think there's maybe nothing more than that. Obviously, the sacraments and all of those things are, are, are huge, and, you know, they're the pinnacle of our faith. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be, there's got to be silence. There's got to be silence. Yeah. Yeah, amen. And especially, in like, in a college season of life where there's constant to-do lists and constant things that that are due for school and and things to do socially like how much of a beauty there is when you're centering that on Christ where you turn off your phone gosh dang it like that my phone is a brat like I let it control me but how we can yeah just take a deep you know take a deep breath take a step away and just encounter the living God like that's what centers our life you know there he makes time you know God is a he's out of time he can make time in our lives and, and transform the time that we give him so yeah just taking, yeah. taking time to have silence and, and, and I want to say you know something else about you know the great Catholics of our college you know campuses right now most of them are incredibly out of balance their lives are out of balance and and, and you know they're they're talented People are pulling at them from every direction because they're talented. They have so many abilities and capabilities that, and, and then also they think that to be a good Catholic means to never say no to anything or anyone. Right. And, and that's wrong. Uh, and so I'm continually preaching about balance. You have balance in your life. You have to look at all of the things you're doing. You have to say, what are the most important things? And, you know, is it in balance? You know, mind, body, and soul. You have to be working your mind. You have to be working your body. But you also have to be creating that space to, to 
transform the interior life and to be, you know, providing the benefits to your soul that, that the God that that the Lord needs you to to be doing, or to at least open yourself up and let him permit Him to do that. Right. So, right. yeah, continually. I mean, it, it's great to be talented, but, but wow, the, the demands that also puts on somebody uh, can be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Sleep is so yeah. huge to sleep. College students don't sleep. What's uh, wrong with you students? Sleep. I know. Like, you know yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, I was so guilty when I was in college. Oh my gosh, there were so many times where like 3 a.m. was my bedtime, 7 a.m. was my wake up. I can totally function on four. See, now that right, I'm and, out of. And I remember. <laughs> I remember when you were in college, and it's just you were like that too. You're like out of balance. Chloe, oh my gosh, I was. I so was. I and I don't. I don't think I really realized it until after I graduated and I started living married life and and that vocation and and having a job, you know, and living out and not having having homework and and being like, oh my gosh, you know how much healthier I am, how much more aware I am of my, you know, my interior life of, of those around me. When I, when I have seven hours of sleep, it is amazing what seven hours of sleep can do for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You know, my, my, my old buddy and your, your friend too, Father Jared Conrad, he he used to be here at Kansas State. He, I love the phrase he used to say it all the time. So sometimes we get so caught up in, in doing all things for the Lord that we forget about the Lord of all things. Yes. And uh, it's so huge, you know, And, and it's okay to say no. Yep. We need to, the virtue of saying no, right. we need to pray for that. Right. Amen. Yeah. Having that, yeah. Self-awareness and, and knowing our limits and our boundaries. Amen. Amen. Um, we've been talking a lot about how not only are our college students who are Catholic called to come into an environment, but they're also called to transform it. They're also called to evangelize and be a witness of their Catholic faith. And your Catholic faith is so much more than a baptism, but it's a faith that you live out. So when it comes to Catholic students evangelizing on their campus, whether that's, you know, engaging with with a student in class about something that, you know, a misconception about Catholicism or, you know, talking to a roommate about what their faith life looks like, how can students both evangelize, but also we've been talking about boundaries um, and knowing our limitations, be aware that like our environment affects us. The environment that we exist in affects our interior life and our, and our life as a Catholic. Yeah. And, you know, I think you'll hear time and again that one of the scariest places on earth foster the faith is a college campus mm-hmm. just because it's being it's being attacked from a lot of different angles and so if if, if you're soft or if you're you're weak uh you know it, it could vanish like like right a puff of smoke <clears throat> and uh and so you need to continually you know first of all before you can give you you have to be filled yourself right you can't give what you don't have right and so uh, you don't have to know everything about the faith but you do have to have a confidence in the faith and and i you know i think that we have to be very aware of some realities that the world tries not to, to look into and that that's those are the the realities that each and every one of us will have questions within our heart that cannot be answered by science by the world to see it you know the existential questions the the uh you know, the desire for transcendence, the yearning for that which is transcendent. You know, what happens to us after we die? Why are we even even here? Mm-hmm. All of those questions. And, and it's easy to just slip into the, maybe an atheistic, materialistic mindset that just says, well, you know, just everything belched itself into existence out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but that's not satisfactory either. And so when I, when I meet with, with atheists and, you know, I'm like, well, I admire your faith that 
all these things just pop into existence out of nothing all of these years ago for no reason. Right. It just happened. I mean, that that also takes great faith to believe that. Yeah. And so then, then you know, but that doesn't explain why we have within us what we have, that yearning for transcendence, that desire to formulate that yearning for transcendence into something called religion, which has existed throughout, you know, every culture throughout every era as long as humanity has existed and so we have to be very you know honest with that which exists within us we have to be honest with the reality that when we live our lives as the world tells us to live it we are not happy as we we talked about earlier uh, in, in the podcast that you know we just have that feeling of like I'm not at peace I'm not happy even though the world tells me I should be happy mm-hmm. all of these people who have all of the riches and and yet they're still some of the most miserable people on earth. Right. Why is that? Well, there's a reason. It's because we are created for God and our hearts are restless until they rest in him. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, you can speak into that. You can speak into that with your friends. Are you happy? Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. question is the, the maybe the first question of evangelization. Mm-hmm. Are you content? Are you satisfied? Are you at peace? And a lot of times, you know, we walk around and we see people with the big laugh, the big talk, maybe at a bar, maybe in Aggieville, it's the place here in Manhattan where we all like to hang out. Uh, and, and you have these people laughing very loudly and talking big. I mean, I used to be kind of a guy like that. And most of the time, those are just masks. Yeah. The fact that people aren't happy. Mm-hmm. And then you can you can eventually get into the, the whole idea of, of, of Jesus Christ. You know, and, and for me, it's, it's always about the apostles, the witness of the apostles, those cowardly men who <laughs> on the day that Jesus was hung upon the cross, they split, they were nowhere to be right. seen. And yet each and every one of them went to their own death, except for the youngest John. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they tried to kill him, but he just didn't die. <laughs> went to their own death, proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. How can that be? Why is that? You know, I think that's at least enough evidence. But when I place all of my hope and trust in this message of Jesus Christ, all of a sudden I start to find that joy, that peace, that contentment that I've been longing for my whole life. All of these things kind of match up. Yeah. And, and you know, you can say these kinds of things to college students. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy for them to break free from the temptations of the world or perhaps the sins of their life. But I think it starts to speak truth into their life and that hopefully slowly begins to transform them. Uh, again, courage is so huge. I love looking at the courageous students on, on campus who uh, really will do the, the evangelizing. Uh, we, we, for the first time this past year, had a, a fellowship of Catholic University students yeah. here on K-State's campus. And, and I love their project. I do. I love the heart of these missionaries. And you know, we talk about courageous, you know, fundraising your own salary just yeah. because you love the Lord and you want Ooh. to spread that message. And, and is, is it perfect? Well, no, nothing on earth is perfect. But, boy, I love their zeal. I love what they're trying to do. Uh, and I love the way they do it. And, you know, so sometimes you hear about them just going out on campus and then this thing called barehanding, taking nothing with them. It's just asking the right questions and encountering people. And, and it's, it's cool to watch how that happens. And, and I think evangelizing is, is so huge. Um, you know, because, because, at our heart, we can see the lies of, of a materialistic, atheistic uh, message. We understand that, that that does take great faith to believe it. And we can also see that when we 
place our hope and our faith in Jesus Christ, but all of a sudden things start to get better for us. Yeah. That's just yeah. the reality. Yep, things start lining up. And so truth up. speaks mm-hmm. to the heart. Like we've been talking throughout this whole podcast, truth speaks to the heart. Yep, yep. We're talking about digging deeper into our, into your lives and speaking to the Lord and listening, which is usually the part of prayer that I forget. It's a two-way conversation. Um, in addition to being the chaplain up at K-State, you're also involved with the vocations um, as the associate vocations yeah. director for Salina, which is beautiful. So I'm the, the co-director, co-director of vocations <laughs> for the Diocese of Salina. Isn't that a very official title? It's very official. Title? It's very official. I should get a letterhead <laughs> for that one. <laughs> so you're encountering students who are in a place where they're they're at a stage of life where they're growing up, they're coming into the adulthood of their faith, they're discerning their vocation, what steps can college students take to like actively discern their vocation in college, whether that be, you know, regardless of the vocation, whether it's a vocation to yeah. married life or a vocation to religious life, what, is, what do those steps look like as, as practical? Right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like a, a proud papa peacock or something like that. I don't know if I've ever said those words together in that sequence, proud papa peacock, but I'm kind of spreading my, my feathers these days because we have seven young men, seven from, from uh, K-State or from St. Isidore's, that are now going to be leaving to go to the seminary next year. That's fantastic. And so, uh, very exciting. Uh, and, and the question is, how can they discern that? Mm-hmm. You know, earlier we were talking about just an interior life, having an interior prayer life. And that, that's the answer. It's ultimately that. Just just sitting in silence and saying, Lord, what is it that you want from me? You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I, I say the prayer is just simply like I try and get people to repeat the prayer time and time and time again. Just Lord, help me to want what you want. Yes. And give me the give me the courage to do it because in your will is my joy. Yes. And uh, we're we're blessed right now, I think, in in our nation, at least in this part of our nation. Uh, especially blessed, I, I'm just so in awe of what's going on down in, in the diocese of Wichita. Yeah. Even in um, in Lincoln, Nebraska, Kansas City, Archdiocese of Kansas City is doing a great job. I have a lot of friends in the Archdiocese. Uh, just, I think we are now living in an era when young men realize that the priesthood is a viable option, right? And uh, what a, a, a manly option, a, a, an option to really be a man after the heart of Jesus Christ, to lay down your life for others. And and just doing that, I think, and again, truth speaks to the heart. We all want our lives to matter. We want people to look upon us and say, your life mattered. Yep. Your life mattered not only to you, for you, but, but for hundreds around you. And and so obviously, the priesthood is, is one of those ways. Yet, obviously, not every human is called to the priesthood. Every man is not called to the priesthood. Praise God, because it would be a short little uh, story of humanity if we all were. And so, and so many are also called to lay down their lives as, as husbands, right, or as fathers, or whatever that might be. And so, again, it's just it's just forming the interior life. It's it's praying in silence and letting the Lord lead you through gentle prompting. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you have to do: silence, trust in the Lord, and trust in the gentle promptings. I always say that that sometimes those promptings will lead you to a, a place where you're like, holy, and insert whichever word you want right there, <laughs> holy, holy, uh, I can't believe that I'm going to be doing this. Right. It scares me to death, and yet it excites me beyond belief. Yep, yep. Like, like just this incredibly exciting, holy, I'm going to do this. And I, and I remember even my own discernment. I'd go to the Adoration Chapel 
uh, for an hour, and I'd usually show up to tell the Lord about the new girl that I was dating, and <laughs> I was pretty sure that she was the one for me, mm-hmm. and uh, he was going to be very happy about it. And I'd go in there with that kind of mindset, and I would leave <laughs> thinking, holy, I'm going to become a priest, ain't I? <laughs> and, uh, and while it scared the bejeebas out of me, I also had never felt such like excited joy yep, in it. That's joy. And you know, and I talked to my friends who maybe I was in a seminary with, and they would say, "Yeah, I don't have that. The mm-hmm. gentle promptings of the heart are not leading me like they're leading you." Mm-hmm. But when I think about perhaps getting married and having children, that's that's where I feel that. Yeah. And uh, and so they leave, you know, and, yeah. and that's also noble. Yep. Or, you know, I mean, obviously, some people know it. They don't have to go to the seminary to figure that out. Right. Um, but if, if it's on your heart that maybe you're called, you should go. Go yeah. to the seminary. And then, obviously, for, for young women as well, you know, uh, check out all the different religious women's orders and, you know, find out what their charism is and yeah. see what, what the promptings are on your heart because that's also such a beautiful life. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, we need to see more and more witnesses of that. Um, and we are. We are. Clearly. But, but sadly, like here at Kansas State, we don't have, I don't think we have as many young women going off to, to check out religious orders. And so we're going to work to, to change that, to bring in more women religious to just be very present here on campus. And so if any of you women in religious orders are out there, uh, call me. <laughs> Father Gail Hammersmith, St. Isidore, Manhattan, Kansas. We would love for you to come and, come and visit because the, the women need to see your yes. witness. To, yeah, to know that that is an option, to know that, yeah, the life to a uh, vocation to the religious life is like what you said, like it's joyful. I think so often we have this image in our mind of what a call to religious life is. And it's like, oh, it's boring. It's just praying in a convent or praying, you know, in a monastery all day and having no, right. no interaction. That's not the truth. Gosh, dang it. Like, and some people are called to contemplative orders, but oh, it's so joyful. Like, e- like if that's their call. Yeah. Some of our listeners may not be college students. Um, you and I are not college students ourselves. Some of our listeners may have kids that are graduating from high school. What is the best way that those parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends can help support the faith of the college students in their lives? Yeah, well, so, I mean, obviously, we always know the first answer is just is this continual, continual prayer. Right. Don't be afraid if it's your, your granddaughter or grandson who's heading off to, to college or even, uh, you know, your own son or daughter or brother or sister to contact the, the Newman Center or, you know, the Catholic Campus Center uh, and, and you know, send an email. Send an email to the priest and, and just say, hey, you know, got Junior coming that direction. Yeah. Would love for him to be involved and, uh, we you know, put him on a list and, and hopefully look for him. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, we know that there's – I was a chaplain at a, a Catholic high school, mm-hmm. and now those students that were at that high school, are many of them are coming to K-State, and I don't see them. Right. And uh, I just want to, like, shake them. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Come back. Idiot. <laughs> I, I loved you when you were in high school, and I thought for sure that you guys were going to be dedicated, that you were going to be doing things right, but now you're just – you're not chasing the power of the pleasure and the possessions. Right, you're right. going to eventually realize that you're not going to find what you're looking for. All of that. Uh, but I wish you didn't waste your time. Yeah. That's yeah. going to eventually lead you down this path of sorrow. So they just need to pray. They need to reach out. But to be honest, the biggest thing is you just got to continue to show the people in your life, especially family members, that faith is what brings joy to your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always hear that. Like, you know, if, if you desire for your children to stay faithful, you have to show them that it is the faith. So the faith is the reason for the joy that exists within your family. Amen. 
And if it's anything other than that, then it's going to be hard to keep this, the kids. If, if, if the faith is nothing more than like an obligation or some sort of drudgery that you have to put up with, oh, we got to go to math again because that's the rule. Right. Those kids are long gone. Yeah. Yeah. They are gone. Mm-hmm. And so you have to show that the faith is the reason for the joy in your life. Other people are going to believe it. There's nothing more beautiful than a joyful witness. I think it was uh, Teresa of Avila. And, and she uh, said, uh, after she was riding away from uh, one of the convents, she, mm-hmm. I think the line was, Lord, save us from those sad-faced saints. Yes. Because they all seem so very holy, but so very sad. And it has to be joy. I mean, Mother Teresa would say, that joy is the net with which we capture people's souls. Yes. You have to be filled with joy. And the people in your life have to see the faith as the reason for your joy as a reason for the peace and contentment in your life. And if it's anything other than that, then they're going to want to escape it. And right. so the biggest thing is just live a life of joy and let people know that it's because of the faith. Yeah. And, and that will then rub off on others. And I think that's the biggest thing that, that, that people can do. Holiness is attractive. We, at the end of our episodes for the Catholic Podcast, we always do takeaways. But if you, so kind of like in the spirit of the takeaways of the episode, if you were to sit down with a student who's getting ready to go and start their freshman year with their college experience ahead of them, what advice would you give them? What would the takeaways be from from this episode in our conversation? There's like three points that, that I continue to mention. One is silence. Second one is just step aside of your comfort zone. Be courageous. And, and then the third is that truth clearly does speak to the heart. And, and, you know, I think I would just say, take that first semester. And before you make any huge decisions one way or another, just look around. Watch the people around you. Especially watch those around you who are going to buy into the message of a secular world on a college campus, uh, even on uh, if, whether it's a Catholic college. You know, there's still going to be a lot of secularism that is crept in, and many of the people on that campus will be living in accordance to the the messages of of the world. And just see if they actually seem happy, if they seem content, if they seem to have a sense of peace in their lives and a glimmer in their eyes? Or are they simply the people that are the, the loudest, laughing the loudest, telling the loudest stories as a mask for that which doesn't exist in their life, which is peace, contentment, those things. And you just say, like, just sit back and watch. <laughs> you can make the mistakes on your own. But I sure don't want you to have to. Yeah. Because they're only going to bring misery. They're going to bring sorrow. And in a worst-case scenario, you, you end up getting killed or you die or something happens to you. In the midst of that, even your eternal soul might be in jeopardy. And, and so why do you have to make those mistakes on your own, the mistakes that have been made a million times prior by people who then realize and turn around and say, this is not what life is all about? I'd also then invite them to just look at the people that are hanging out, the juniors and the seniors, on the Newman, at the Newman Center are, are really dedicated to their faith and living that joy-filled life of peace, let them also be an example to you and say, who do you want to be? Do you want to be like like this this person, you know, the Chloe Langer, Chloe Meridians of the world, or do you want to be like that other person that, that's more than likely crying themselves to sleep at night? Right, right. Or, or perhaps perhaps just trying to cover it over with, with the drugs or the alcohol because of that that deep sorrow that exists when we live our lives far from God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just simply is that way. And and I know this. I mean, I know this because, as I said, I hear dozens, if not hundreds of confessions every week 
And, and that's where people can be the most brutally honest in that in that setting. And, and I, I I hear it. And so the world is not telling you what's truly going to bring you to fulfillment. And so you've got to you've got to avoid the lies of the world. You just have to if you desire that life of contentment. If you do, let the glory begin. And that's what life with Christ is. It's glorious. It doesn't mean that it's easy, and it doesn't mean that there won't be suffering. But I'll tell you, the joys become more profound and more joyful, and the sorrows become more bearable. All of a sudden, even sorrow is something that you can live with. You can turn into something that becomes beautiful. It can be turned into a prayer as you unite your suffering and sorrows to that of Jesus on the cross. And that's the life. That's the life of Satan. It's just, it's everything that people promise you that it is and, and even more. But not always easy to believe what, what an old man uh, <laughs> named Father Gale is saying. And, and, and I am an old man. I just, you I, just, I have my birthday on Sunday. Forty-six years old. Can you believe that? That's not old, I know, though. I look, thank you, thank you. I look twenty-eight. Thank you, Clara. I know what you're thinking. Thank you very much. I thought for sure you yes. turned thirty-five. They're not a day over thirty-five. <laughs> well, a lifetime, a lifetime use of, of facial creams is now paying off. So I'm feeling good about that. Return um, on investment. High energy, all those things. But, but truly, I'm forty-six. I'm, I'm closer to fifty than forty. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, finally hitting me. I am not. <laughs> just a boy anymore i am clear i'm at least a middle-aged man a whole new like reality for me <laughs> <laughs> hey with age uh, comes wisdom so hey it's all good <laughs> that's right it's all good Beautiful. if the lord chooses to take me tomorrow well hey it's been a good run there you go that's the way yeah that's the way to live the way to look at it <laughs> father thank you so much yeah. for your time thanks for your time yeah. this today this morning for god sharing bless you yeah. hey god bless joe as well yeah. What a brilliant, brilliant man. He is. Uh, it's so good to just have his brilliance out there in the world. I love his story. I love everything that he's doing for the church. I love the way you guys are changing the world, so keep it up. I love podcasts, all of these things. You know, people, if they don't know the faith, it's never been easier yes. before in the history of the world to learn what the Catholic Church teaches. Amen. Podcasts are brilliant. Catholic Answers. Yeah. Such a great website, Catholic.com. Listen and believe everything on there except for the forums. You don't have to believe yeah, or listen don't. to anything <laughs> on that. The forums, just ignore the forums. Yeah, but everything else skip is great. Over those. <laughs> I love it all. You know, uh, Catholic Answers Live. Get yeah. that app on your phone and yes. just listen for hours on end. Mm-hmm. Catholic Radio. So many ways in which we can learn what the faith teaches. So don't just believe somebody when they tell you the faith teaches something. Go to the heart of it Dig in. And, and learn what the faith teaches. Amen. Beautiful. Okay, let's let's close this thing out. What do we do? What do we do to close this out? <laughs> let's say glory be. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, and now, and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Beautiful. Go get them. Catholic <laughs> Podcast. <laughs>